Welcome to A Well Cared For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to talk about anger. And why, like me, you might either be afraid of anger or you might have a lot of it. Or possibly both. I have both. (laughs) I am both terrified of other people's anger and I can get very angry myself. Now before I start talking about anger, I want to preface this by saying that anger can be abusive. So I'm not talking about abusive anger. I'm talking about natural expressions of anger. So what makes anger abusive versus natural? Abusive anger is an anger that someone uses against you to punish you, to hurt you, to bring you down in some way. Anytime it's directed at you in a hurtful, vindictive way, that's abuse. Definitely, if it comes to physical blows, clearly that's abuse, right? But we're also talking about psychological or mental abuse where things that are being said are very hurtful, things are meant to tear you down or confuse you or cause you pain. That's also abusive. Anytime, basically, anger is used as a punishment in some form or another, whether that be physical, emotional, or psychological. Natural anger is something happens and you get mad. Like, that's, that is a natural reaction. Sometimes things just piss us off and there's, there's no way to not experience that. There's a range, of course. There's a range of anger, maybe mild irritation all the way up through fury, ready to explode. But the difference between abusive and natural anger is that it's not directed at someone. It's not being wielded like a weapon to hurt somebody else. It's just something that you're feeling. And I want to include a note here, though, that you can be abusive towards yourself with your anger. So if you're holding it in in the sense that you're torturing yourself with it, you're feeding it, you're building it up, you're probably destroying your cardiovascular health, that is also not healthy, right? That's not the best way to process and utilize your anger. So I wouldn't say that that's natural either. I would say that that borders on maladaptive coping strategies, maybe, or it needs attention. If you're tearing yourself up with your anger, that needs some work. (laughs) We're going to work on that. (laughs) So what are my earliest memories of anger? And why do I have such a fear of it, of both my own and other people's? Well, I do remember anger in two different contexts growing up. In one context, it was my mother's volatile situation either because she would get into fights with other people and they would be angry and it would often come to blows. And so any kind of raising of the voice or shouting or screaming or anything like that would put me on edge. It would make me begin to believe, at least physiologically, that maybe there was about to be a fight, that maybe somebody was going to throw hands, (laughs) at least pull hair or something, right? That it was going to get physical in some way. And because of this volatile nature 
of my mother's, I was very sensitive to the anger of other people. Like if anger was present in any way, I couldn't relax because if the adults around you are about to jump up and fight each other, you kind of have to get yourself out of the way with a quickness. And given how they were, were very mentally unwell at the time, the situation was very toxic. You would never know when it was going to happen. It wasn't like <laughs> there was an appointment book. I plan to throw hands with you and pull your hair out at 8 p.m. on Tuesday. You know, it wasn't like that. It would often be seconds between everyone is okay until everything was not okay. People were screaming or throwing things or having a fit. And so from that issue, I developed a sensitivity to raised voices, throwing things, if someone wanted to punch a wall, any kind of physical altercations of any kind, hints of that. Even mild irritation sometimes would put me on edge because I didn't know if it was going to develop into anything else. And so that was really problematic for me for a long time. And then from my father's side, he was a very angry person. He really struggled with his anger. And it was interesting because he would say things like, oh, you're too emotional or don't have so many emotions. And I would always be thinking, isn't anger an emotion? And like, don't you have a lot of it? <laughs> That's me trying to imitate 14-year-old Corey's voice. Isn't anger an emotion and don't you have a lot of it? Yes. And so he was a very angry person and his anger was abusive. He would use anger to punish you, either by giving me the silent treatment, by withholding his love, by criticizing me, by rejecting me in some way. It was very emotionally and psychologically abusive because it was absolutely directed at me and it was meant as a way to hurt me to make me feel bad, to control me, to manipulate my behaviors, to get some kind of response from me. And so his anger was very abusive. It was usually psychological mental abuse, but there was one time when he got so angry he did get the belt out and start beating me with it. He wasn't paying attention to what he was doing and he used the like metal end of the belt, so it was a pretty horrible experience. And I'm not gonna make any excuses for him. I'm like, that's the only time he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> which sounds like I don't even want to qualify what that sounds like. But mostly, I'll just say that mostly his abuse was psychological and emotional. It was meant to control me. It was meant to make me behave in certain ways. It was meant to make sure that I know that I'm to obey him and put his needs and desires before my own and that I was not allowed to do any of these things that could upset him or disrupt the status quo in any way. And so because of this, because that's my background, that was the 20-something years of my life before I met my wife, Kim. We met, I was 27 or 28 when we met. I'd have to do the math, but late 20s when we met. And my wife, Kim, she can also have a temper. She's not abusive, but she can have a temper. And so I would fall apart when we would fight about things. She would think we were having a relatively normal argument, like a normal couple's argument about dishes or messiness or something. But I would absolutely fall apart. I, anytime she would raise her voice, I would physically feel like someone was striking me or that the situation was scary or that it was going to come to blows or something was going to happen because of my past. My experience with anger was that if someone raises their voice, something terrible is about to happen. And even when she didn't raise her voice or verbalize her anger in any way, she would 
not talk to me. And this was her attempt to make sure that she did not direct her anger at me. And this is a natural reaction. If you are too mad to talk to somebody and you're like, I need a break and you want to step back from that situation, that's good if you feel like it won't escalate the situation. But me, because of my my experience with my father, my background with him, when she would not talk to me, I would just absolutely fall apart. It was so painful. I felt like she was saying she didn't love me. I felt like she was saying she didn't want to ever see my face again, that she didn't want to exist in the same space as me. All of those feelings that I had as a child over abandonment or rejection, they would come up when she would take a step back and try to process her own anger because she understands that her emotions are her responsibility. And so she thinks the best thing for her to do is to not speak, right? To step away, to not make the situation worse. But for me, I could not on a emotional or psychological level register that as any different than the abusive experience that I had with my dad, where he would withhold his love, where it was a clear reprimand that he did not love me, he did not approve of me, he did not find me worthy of his time of being in his presence. That's why I was afraid of anger, of other people's anger, because I thought that it meant I was unworthy. I thought it meant I was unlovable. I thought that it meant people didn't want to be around me, that they were disgusted with me, they hated me, that kind of thing. And those are the things that will come up if I encounter someone's anger. Now I have a bit of emotional distance, and depending on who it is, if it's a stranger who's mad at me, I'm just like, dude, you know, whatever. I don't care about this. But if it's someone who's close to me, if it's someone I really care about, that's a lot harder, right? That feels personal. You can dismiss a stranger as saying something mean to you, getting mad at you, because you don't know them, you don't care about someone that you're really close to, like your partner, your spouse, your best friend. When they get mad at you, it feels really it can feel really hurtful. And so I definitely struggle with that. And those feelings of worthlessness, of being unlovable, unwanted will come up in those situations for me. So I just have to be mindful about them. I just have to talk sense to them. I have to keep reminding myself that that's not what's happening here, that in fact, people can get angry. And it's natural. It's a very natural way to react to certain situations. And it does not mean that they're going to walk out of my life. But in addition to being afraid of other people's anger, I was also very afraid of my anger. And this also came from my father's conditioning. Because my father made me afraid of being two things. He made me afraid of being crazy. And he made me afraid of being powerful, of sticking up for myself, of demanding that I be treated fairly or treated well. So the first one, him instilling in me the concept of being scared of being crazy, is because of all the terrible things he would say about my mother. Oh, she's so crazy. You're going to be just like her. No matter what you do, you're going to be like her. You're going to be insane. You're going to make terrible decisions. You're going to be sick. People are going to be abusing you, mistreating you. And so he would say those things. And then, you know, my mom would get drunk and get into a fight with people. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, if I'm not careful, I'm going to be crazy like her. And so it did kind of create this echo chamber of fear of any time where I would feel these big feelings of anger, even if the anger was justified, if that hot, terrifying feeling would just rise up in me suddenly, I was like, oh my gosh, this must be what it feels like to be crazy. You know? <laughs> and so I would I would panic. I would I would be afraid of being insane, of of losing my mind. 
And then the opposite is true, standing in my own power, standing up for myself, demanding that I be treated a certain way, that I not be disrespected in a certain way. Any attempt that I made to do that in my father's presence was always met with his own fury, and he would try to outrage me. So let's say, for example, he was really criticizing me, really tearing me down, really hurting me, and if I got mad and I was like, you know, don't talk about me that way, or I I fought back in any way, he would just get angrier, or he would find a way to punish me. To demand respect from him only provoked him into punishing me in some way. I was like, don't talk to me that way, you know, don't treat me that way, how can you be like that? You know, he would just unleash more anger to mask my own, to try to convince me and manipulate me that I was the one with the problem and I was the one that was ungrateful and how dare I and so on and so forth. But the reality is, is that what anger is, is it's communication from yourself. When you get angry, it's because you don't like something. Maybe you don't like the way someone spoke to you. Maybe you don't like what someone did. Maybe you don't want to be treated that way. So anger is a communication about... Uh, Well, about a lot of things, actually. Anger can communicate to you where you're stuck, where you're frustrated, what's not working in your life. Anger can communicate what your boundaries are. It can tell you how you want to be treated. Your anger can let you know what is and isn't acceptable from yourself and other people, from situations. So it's just communication. And if you just treat it as, oh, wow, I'm getting really upset about this. What is that telling me? What wisdom can I find in my anger? What strength can I find in my anger? Because anger can also be really motivating, right? It can spur you into action. If you're really furious about something, you're also likely to get up and do something about it. So anger can be very motivating. It can also really offer you a lot of wisdom and clarity. So anger has its use. It has its purpose. It does require balance, of course. You don't want to feed your anger. You don't want to let your anger become abusive. You never want to use it against someone to hurt them, to manipulate them, to control them, punish them. You don't want to use your anger in these ways. It needs some moderation, a bit of self-control, but at its core, anger isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just another piece of communication. So instead of rejecting your anger, instead of being afraid of your anger, I would use it as a means to befriend yourself, to get to know yourself better, to figure out what you care about, what matters to you, what you want, and to use that as fuel to make changes in your life. As long as it's coming from this balanced place where you're not letting it tear you apart or you're not letting it tear your relationships apart, it's not becoming abusive in any way. So obviously this is not an episode about how to control your anger if you have an explosive anger problem. There are other tools for that. I would go back to the toolbox episodes that I included earlier in the show, the meditation, journaling, breathing. Some of these things might be more useful to you if you're someone who struggles with an anger problem. I'm just more talking about, at least in this episode, how to work with anger yourself or someone else's in a healthy capacity, not in an excessive capacity. So if you're someone who struggles with anger, you have a lot of it, if it makes you feel violent and out of control, you probably want to find more resources for that to help you process that. But some of the other advice still stands. What are you so angry about? There's probably a wound in there. There's probably some mistreatment or abuse or neglect, something that you're angry about that never got resolved. 
And there's a piece of you who's trying to tell you there's a problem, that this needs attention, that this needs to be fixed. There needs to be internal justice in some way addressed within you. So the part about anger being wisdom, that's true no matter how much anger you have. Anyway, in short, it doesn't mean what you think it means if someone gets angry at you, but it can be a source of wisdom, of motivation. It's absolutely okay to be angry, to express your anger respectfully to other people, to make sure people don't hurt you with anger, that you don't find that acceptable, but also for you not to hurt yourself. Don't ever act out of anger, again, against yourself or other people, and just Treat it as the wise, motivating tool that it is. As long as you can bring some balance to it, as long as you can maintain a bit of self-discipline and control around your anger, your anger can be a wonderful friend, a very wise friend, a very motivating friend. And so there's no need to reject it or be afraid of it. And that's all I have for you today, this little intro to anger. I hope that you found it useful. Best of luck with your fury (laughs) or your fear of anger. And I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. But until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.